Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dope Shit My Therapist Says, a therapeutic wellness podcast hosted by Ryan Gaddy and Lauren Fractor. We are two millennial therapists who enjoy having authentic conversations with real people who share their experiences and passions with a mental health twist. Conversations that inspire discovery of self, insight into deeper spirituality, and alternative ways to support mental health and wellness. As a reminder, this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only. All topics discussed on the podcast are from the viewpoint of our guests and their personal experiences. Information shared on the podcast is not a replacement for therapy, therapeutic advice, or medical treatment. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our holiday episode of Dope Shit My Therapist Says. If you are not following us on Instagram, please do. We share lots of content and information about what's coming up on the pod. Um, And you can find us on Instagram at dope shit therapy pod. It's D-O-P-E-S-H-T therapy, T-H-E-R-A-P-Y-P-O-D. So hello, Lauren. How are you doing? It is Friday. It is Friday and it's very gloomy here in LA, which is nice to be home today. I don't have to work today, so that's nice, Um, but it's not my kind of weather, but it is like fall winter weather. So it, I don't know, it's not as bad as I'm making it seem, but how about you? How are you doing? (laughs) I'm okay. I'm a little sleepy. I just got my booster shot yesterday. So I'm kind of just letting my body do its thing with that, but feeling pretty good. The weather is pretty mild here, a little chilly. We had our first like actual snow that fell and stuck this past week, although it wasn't much. So it's kind of slushy out now. Yeah. That's the one thing I do wish LA had snow, not the kind of snow that like Minnesota gets (laughs) where you have to, you know, scrape off like your car. I literally would not know what to do if I moved to a state (laughs) or country that had snow like that. And I mean, I don't, I don't want that, but I do want like snow and just to see it fall. And it's, you know, very winter-esque. Yeah. I think LA would be in a state of emergency if it snowed because you guys have no, nothing (laughs) set up to prepare for it. State (laughs) of emergency when Sorry, it's a state of emergency when it rains, so you can only imagine. <laughs> oh my God, it would be bad for sure. Yeah, I mean, they weren't even really prepared for this one, so the roads were really icy because they had it putting salt down and yeah, East Coast things. Yeah. So today's episode is going to cover a lot of different things because this is our last episode of 2021, which is very exciting because 2022 in my mind is going to be a great year. I really think that I just feel this energy that a lot of people in my life and including myself and Ryan are just going to have a really good year. Both of us are also turning 30. I'm the first, uh, January 6th will be my 30th birthday. So it's a whole new decade. So this like end of the year is feeling very different. I don't know if you feel that way, Ryan. Oh yeah. I feel like I'm in crisis all the time. Every time I think about turning 30, (laughs) it just, it's, it's weird getting older. I feel like we've been in our twenties for such a long time. And now that we're going to a different, uh, you know, decade and there's just so much meaning behind it. I feel like when you turn 30, so yeah, definitely going through some thoughts and feelings around it. (laughs) Maybe that's why our Saturn return happens around this time. It's like attached to that transition. That makes sense. And, and, you know, we've heard good things about the thirties and we know the thirties are not old. Like we know that, but you know, the twenties are such an important decade because for a lot of us, this is when we really grow up. And, you know, if you go to college and you're away from home or you move away from home, you know, you start, you know, your decade 
basically off with that. And then, you know, you turn 21, you start establishing your career or job. You're in many relationships or no relationships or ups and downs with friendships, family. And, you know, 29, at least for me and 2021 was really the most important year of my life. And I feel it. I feel like this year was so good in so many ways, but it was also pretty hard. Yeah. It was really hard. I think there's been a lot of growing up, like you're saying, happening. And, um, you know, I, we're going to be talking about goals coming up, but I feel like I accomplished a lot of things. And now I'm really learning on how to slow down a little bit and be more present within the things I'm succeeding with and stop always looking for the next thing. I just talked to my own therapist about that yesterday. You know, how can you be happy with where you're at, what you've achieved instead of always raising the bar higher and higher? That's exactly how I'm feeling. So if you didn't listen to our last episode, I mentioned that I got licensed and now I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, which is very exciting. I've been working on this goal for a really long time since I was 18 when I started studying psychology at um, ASU. And basically my dream from 18 was to be a psychologist or a therapist and, you know, finally reaching that goal two weeks ago at the end of the year really had me thinking now what, and, you know, I'm a Capricorn. And if you follow astrology, that's very much like in my chart, um, to want to continue to set goals and reach goals. And I mean, that is who I am also. And I think that's good. I think it's great to have goals for yourself because it kind of just sets you up for, you know, whatever adventure or venture you're doing. Um, So for me, you know, I'm in the process of just dealing with a lot of work transition stuff. You know, I'm still part-time, but in a few months I'll be full-time and it'll be, it'll be new for me because I haven't worked full-time in a really long time and it's just going to (laughs) be zero to a hundred. I have that feeling. Yeah, definitely a big transition for you. So we're kind of in different places. I think like you're, for you, you're really amping up some of the goals to move forward. And for me, I'm trying to learn how to slow down and enjoy and kind of settle into all of the work that I've done. You know, this year I opened my own business. I had my own private practice part-time. I got licensed about two years ago, right before the pandemic hit. Um, so I don't feel like I even really got to celebrate that because I just kind of got thrown right into working from home in isolation. But we also have some great plans for the pod. like. Yes. What are, I, I remember talking about this last year, like our goals, and I feel like we've reached them. We just hit 10,000 downloads, which feels awesome. And I mean, some stuff we're still working on, but we have some really exciting things coming up. A whole new brand, new branding. I said brand a lot in that uh-huh. sentence. <laughs> yes. Oh man. And you guys, if you know, just wait the beginning of the year, first week of the 2022, we will release our branding and it's very cool. It's very us. And we're so excited to change it up. We like to change it up. Change is hard, but this is good change. And we are just so excited for the whole new setup. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. It's evolving with us, which is great. We didn't know what we were doing at the beginning, although we are very proud of our branding that we had come up with and kind of now how it's evolving to match where we're at now. Yeah. Which is really nice. Definitely keep an eye out for that. And then of course, you know, new episodes, guests, and hopefully we'll just continue to expand and evolve because that's, that's what we like to do. The two of us are very big into that and it ties in with our, you know, spirituality and self-growth that we talk about a lot here, but 
that's just the kind of people we are. We always want to work on ourselves, work on, you know, our projects and just continue to evolve. Yeah. And speaking of that, you know, we wanted to kind of share a little bit from 2021, the goals that we had set for ourselves um, and kind of what we do every year is we both do a tarot spread for the year ahead that looks at, you know, what to expect and what's to come. So we thought we'd share a little bit about that with you and reflect on if any of that kind of connects now that we're looking back on 2021. So Lauren, did you have any goals for 2021 that, you know, you were able to manifest and have come fruition? Yes. So I basically, so I'm not a believer in new year's resolutions anymore. (laughs) I mean, maybe like five years ago I was into it, but I realized like it's too much pressure to do a new year's resolution. And I don't like it because it makes it seem like you can't change your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, so what I put in my phone a year ago was 2021 messages. Mm -hmm. So basically what I wanted for myself And as I'm looking at them right now on my note, I feel like I met most of them. Um, One is ongoing, um, but a few that I want to shout out, um, be kinder and less judgmental. That was one that I really wanted to work on because, um, I mean, it's pretty obvious. I wanted to be less judgmental just because like I interact with a lot of different people. I hear a lot of different stories. It's not so much my clients that I feel like I'm judgmental towards. It's just like everyday people. Um, and what they choose to do with their life. And I definitely feel like I worked on that a lot this year and am more accepting of just, if it's not about me, then it shouldn't matter what I think unless my opinion is asked. Um, So that's something I definitely did. And then another one was just maintain a healthy balance and podcast goals was also on here and foster relationships with others. That was a really good one because I gained a lot of new friends this year. And now, you know, looking back, like, I feel like I'm just so lucky that I met these people and I was able to foster relationships with others, but also myself, because I took last month off to just study for my license and it worked, it paid off. And I feel like it's because I actually took away some of those negative things and just focused on what I need to do and my goal. So those were some that um, popped up for me. How about you, Ryan? That's great. Yeah. I also try not to say resolution. I feel like resolutions are so set in stone. They're things that you're kind of setting yourself up for failure for in a lot of ways. So I try to do manifestations or goals or just like things to be aware of for myself. Um, And I actually did quite a few of them. I've been working on my financial wellness this year because it's something I sometimes struggle with. So I feel like I met a lot of goals around that, especially self-education. I just hired a um, financial advisor to kind of help me meet some of my goals for the future. Um, One of the things I wrote on here is only accept what I deserve and no more BS and red flags from people that I'm dating. So Uh I feel like I made some big moves in that section of just saying no or putting down my boundaries and really sticking to them. And we've talked about that in our last episode, solo Mm -hmm. episode about dating. Um, Podcast gross was on here and trying to be more creative, connecting more to that, which I feel like I've been doing as well. So I think there's quite a few things that I was able to really step into. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's so important just to, you know, have goals or whatever word you want to use for yourself. And, you know, I think it's good to have some bigger goals, some smaller goals, 
some really, you know, intricate goals, but also more vague, neutral goals as well. If you want to, you know, work on, let's say like healthy eating, you know, I don't know, like for me, I put down healthy eating and that made me feel like I could attain it a little bit better than if I said I'm cutting out sugar for the rest of the year. Like obviously that's ridiculous in my opinion. Um, So it's, it's nice to have like that balance. And, you know, if you really, really want something, whatever it may be, write it down and, and manifest it you know, and look at it and maybe every month go back and see, you know, where are you at with whatever goal you're most focused on. Um, But I'm going to do that again for 2022, probably in the next week or so. Yeah, I do that too. And I don't even have it like there's a cutoff of, you know, after January 1st, I can't add anything to the list. Like sometimes, you know, as I'm moving forward and doing a lot of reflecting at the end of the year, it starts to come up of some things that I've built insight into about myself or kind of like your thing about, you know, being less judgmental and being more open and just putting those things down and having vague, like you said, because it's so much easier to look at that list and say like, oh, I want to balance, you know, my healthy eating. So, you know, having a balance around how many times I eat out or whatever, but not really narrowing it down. And I, I think that that can be counterintuitive to a lot of things we hear when it comes to goals, like smart goals, you want to be as specific as possible and have a timeline and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But yeah. the reality is, is when you do that to yourself, you're really setting yourself up for failure. A lot of the time, we don't want to look at this list and say, wow, I really fucked up this year and didn't follow anything on this list. We want to look at it and say, oh, look, I really, you know, I, I was able to meet this goal by just opening up a finance book and kind of reading something, or I was able to work on this goal by just turning down somebody that asked me out that I wasn't interested in, or, you know, whatever it is, like, looking at those small steps you've taken instead of saying like, oh, I didn't lose 30 pounds this year. Like, obviously I'm not capable of this. So I think that makes a big difference when it comes to setting goals. Yes, I I totally agree. I think that I actually haven't, it's funny. I haven't actually thought about my goals for 2022 yet. TBD, I think maybe in our next solo episode, we could touch on that too. I do know that I definitely want to get more into my career, which I already know is going to happen. I just got to figure out what that's going to look like for me. Um, You know, the biggest hurdle professionally has already happened. And so now it's just a waiting game, but I, I know I'll be fine. It's just, uh, you know, have to be patient. And that's something that's an ongoing goal for me is just being patient and practicing patience because I, you know, I'm part of that generation. I mean, we both are instant gratification. I want it now. I want success now. I want this now. And that's just not realistic. So it's important to just remember that and exhibit some patience and realize that, you know, things happen in their own time. And, you know, that's just the reality. I mean, there's a lot of steps you can take to get somewhere and, you know, it might work for you, but it also might not work for you. And that's the thing about goal setting. And, um, you know, if you do believe in resolutions, like just, you know, think of some things that you really want and, and figure out, you know, how specific or not specific you're going to make them. And, you know, if if halfway through the year, you're like, I don't want to do this anymore, then delete it, (laughs) you know? Yeah. It doesn't have to stick. And I'm, I actually have not thought about any goals for 2022 either. And I think a lot of it is really because it's taken a lot of energy to get through these last two years. It's taken a lot of emotional, mental energy and I think all of us are a little 
numb in some ways to everything going on. And it's kind of hard to want to set a goal or look forward to something right now because we have been in this constant state of who knows what's coming. And so, you know, I think that makes an impact. And so maybe for me, my goals are going to be a little bit more around self-care or self-forgiveness, a little bit more patience with myself. So I have to do some exploring with that. I think this year just went really fast and everything's been a blur. So it's, I'm not even like, I'm like, oh God, it's almost Christmas. It's almost New Year's, whatever. So yeah. I can't believe it. It seriously, it felt really long, but also really short. Right. Um, But I always do better in even years. So bring it on 2022. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to think if I do or not. I don't think so. (laughs) Well, maybe this year will be different. Let's touch on, uh, we wanted to touch on our tarot spreads too. If you're into tarot, great. If not, you can skip a little bit ahead. That's fine. But every, well, I don't know what every year, I think last year, this year was my first year, but Ryan's been doing it for a while, um, doing a 12, um, well, 13 card tarot spread where you pull a card for each month and then a card for the overall year. And you flip it over, you mark it down in like a note, and that card is the theme for that month. And then there's an overall card for the year. So what was your overall card for the year, Ryan? Mine was the father or king of cups. The one deck that I used as um, father instead of king. So I wrote notes about being emotionally balanced, compassionate. Um, So I'm curious to hear because you brought your book with you to see what the I themes did. are from the book. So this book is interesting because they have the interpretation, the reflection, and the action. Um, so what would you like to hear? Let's do um, all of it. Okay. <laughs> all right, well. guys, we're going to, we're going to dive in here. Okay. So some of the themes in the King of Cups upright is wise, compassionate, diplomatic, sincere, open, tolerant, meditative, calm, which you mentioned, uh, more self-care, uh, this year, which you've, you know, you've done, I think you've done. So the interpretation, this King's life was not always smooth sailing. The seas were sometimes gentle and other times stormy through experience. He found emotional balance so that whether the tide rises or falls, he is centered. He is gentle, but not weak. He has mastered channeling emotions to maintain harmony and balance. He is a wonderful diplomat easily able to empathize with many points of view. The the reflection, emotions are powerful. They can be destructive or harnessed for good. When they are raging tide, can you direct them? Their strength may be fearsome, but can you channel your feelings into something constructive? Will you choose to act upon your emotions? How can you take what you are feeling now and put it to productive use? And then the action, take a calm approach, see everyone's point of view, use your emotions. What do you think? I do feel like that was definitely a big theme for this year. Um, if you guys have listened to past episodes, I definitely struggle with my own mental health when it comes to depression and anxiety. And I think anxiety was a big theme this year. And so I have been definitely learning how to understand my emotions a little bit better and how to, like it says, channel them into either writing or tarot or podcasting or whatever. So yeah, I definitely think that was probably a pretty spot on theme. What was yours? Mine was the sun, one of the major arcana cards, and it was upright. Um, I just looked at this the other day. Funny enough, I was telling Ryan that literally I I actually had forgotten about a lot of the months, which is uh, not going to do that this year. It's a beautiful card. So I'm really, I'm really excited to just read a little bit more about it. 
Okay. So the, some of the themes for the sun is happiness, vitality, success, positivity, optimism, and radiance. And the interpretation in tarot, the sun is representative of light, warmth, radiance, and life. It gives the full energy, strength, positivity, and charisma. The light of the sun shines on her, within her, and through her. She brightens the world with her energy and boundless optimism. With her heart full of love, confidence, and gratitude, it is only natural for the fool to express her joy and imbue others with that same joy. And the reflection, the energy of this card is vibrant. It is a reminder that after each dark night, there comes a new day. This transformation is at the heart of the sun card, sacred and wonderful. What does it feel like to be embraced by the sun's warmth? Do you trust that light always returns after darkness? How does this make it easier to accept the night and the action to find happiness, bring light and play? So this card for me, I feel like really started to show up the last few months because the beginning of the year was really rough for me. I definitely touched on it. You know, I was in a relationship that was beautiful, but just wasn't working anymore. And that ended in August. So the last couple of months I've been studying for my test. I've been spending time with friends and family, took a step back from dating. And I really do feel the happiest I've ever been right now. And, you know, a huge, (laughs) a huge um, accomplishment was getting my license. And it literally made me so happy. So, you know, something really big I accomplished this year. And so, and I also had the support of family and friends more than I ever thought, which made me feel like, wow, I really built a life and a community of people that love and care about me. And so it's like, you know, what more could I really want right now? So I definitely feel like this card resonated for my entire year. I just would never have thought about that in January and February. March, April, May, you know, that's, what's so interesting about, you know, just life and goals and tarot and whatever else you believe in. Like, you know, you hear about it and you're like, yeah, right. I don't believe that. And then you're like, wait a minute. As, as time goes on, you reflect and you're like, okay, actually. Right. Sometimes it's just the building of it over time. Like you kind of ending up in that place of the sun and, you know, learning how to see the light, even when it's hard to. Yeah. Beautiful card beautiful energy for both of us. So I'm looking forward to doing the one for 2022. Yes, me too. So the bulk of our conversation today is on loneliness and Ryan and I were deciding, you know, we're going to do one more solo episode for the rest of the year. Like, what should we talk about? And we both came up with loneliness because it's something that we've both dealt with in different ways. And we're going to touch on that. And we're going to touch on, you know, some questions from our listeners and just coping skills for loneliness. But I'd like to hear from you, Ryan, you know, what it's been like for you and how do you cope with it? Yeah. So, I mean, I haven't really felt lonely that much this year. I feel like I have a pretty good social group and I was very busy for a while, you know, almost over socializing in some ways. And um, then kind of right around the holidays, I started feeling really alone and really sad. And it's hard. Obviously, my family lives 3,000 miles away. So I wasn't with them for Thanksgiving this year, which was okay. Spent it with friends. But I, um, my social life kind of slowed down. And when it slows down, I start to feel a little bit more of that emptiness. I live alone. So 
I mean, well, I mean, I live with Capri, so not completely alone. (laughs) I still have a little creature around to keep me company, which I am so grateful for because I think without her, it would be really, really hard. Um, And I brought this to Lauren saying like, you know, I really want to touch on loneliness because I'm really feeling it right now. I'm really feeling like I want company. I was dating someone for about a month in September into October. And, you know, I had started to get used to that feeling of having company every so often and having that to look forward to. And then my social life stayed high and kind of kept me going. And then when it started to kind of dwindle, because people had stuff to do for the holidays, it just really hit me, you know, and I was kind of like, man, like even tonight, like I'd love to go out and do something tonight, despite me you know, managing my booster shot, but that's my personality is to push through and just do fun things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone's busy, everyone's doing stuff. So again, like I have to figure out how to cope with like, just kind of chilling at home and not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's days that I really want to be out, you know, spending time with people. I definitely feel that. Have you managed to find some self-care coping tools that have worked for you and how about you know I'd, I'd like to hear too some that maybe you know are a little overrated in your opinion because <laughs> there's a lot that you know people suggest and it's like well I don't know I'd like to hear your thoughts I've been finding it a little bit hard to find something that's filling me up in the right way and I think it is just because Sometimes when you're lonely, like there's things you could do to fill up and feel better and just do self-care. And sometimes it's just the human connection you need and positive human connection, because in our jobs, like we hear a lot of really hard stuff and we are being present for people to such a high extent that sometimes we really just need that in reverse. Like we need someone to be there for us. And so I think for me, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, So I've been trying to reach out to people that I know our great listeners and, um, you know, chatting with them while I sit on the couch and watch something on TV. That's like light. I've been watching a lot of like Christmas cookie shows and like competitions uh, and stuff nice. just cause it's like easy and silly. Um, and I think that's kind of, you know, underrated, just picking something silly to watch on TV or I'll just go out and go to target, you know, try to get myself something that makes me smile, like, like a baking kit or whatever. Um, And the other thing that's been really, really helpful for my loneliness is my brother and sister-in-law and I do these like long distance TV show um, sessions where we watch TV together. We like press play at the same time and group text through the whole episode. We've been doing this since I left their house in August and we've been watching this reality show called Edge of Alaska. If you guys have not seen it, it is ridiculous. I've never heard of it. It's um, on Discovery Plus and it's basically this town in Alaska where there's like 30 people and they all live like very like frontier lives, like live off the land. And it's, it's hilarious. It really is. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's been my like biggest self-care is like spending time with them, just chatting. And it makes me feel like we're close, even though we're very far from each other. Yeah. Thank God for technology. It's evolved a lot, even in the last like three years. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah, it definitely has. So those are kind of the things that I've been trying to do. And honestly, I think the other part of it is sometimes we just have to sit in it. We just have to sit through Mm -hmm. whatever emotion we're feeling and realize that it's okay. And we don't always have to fix it. That's very true. How about for you? I think for me, I've had moments of loneliness this year, but the last few months I have not. 
I know my ex isn't going to listen to this podcast uh, episode, but I was lonely in my relationship. And that's something that, you know, I think a lot of people struggle with, but maybe they don't realize that's what they're feeling. Um, because I just felt like we were, we wanted different things. We had different lifestyles and the hardest part this year was the beginning of, of this year, because I was in this relationship. COVID was really bad in LA and I still couldn't see my friends. And so I just felt really alone. I think that when summer happened and I could start hanging out with my friends and join kickball again, I started to feel a lot better. And when I got out of my relationship, that was kind of holding me back in many ways. I felt a lot better. So I realized that a lot of my loneliness came from the pandemic, but also my relationship. And so, you know, since being single the last four months, I don't feel very lonely. And I think a lot of that has to do with, like you said, a connection. Um, you know, I'm part of a kickball team and my kickball team is like my family and it's really changed my life. You know, I'm also an extroverted social person. For some people, it's too much for them to go day after day talking and hanging out with people. And for me, I do get tired from it. Um, it does happen. Uh, like today, ironically, I want to stay home tonight and I turn down plans because I have plans the rest of the weekend. So I'm really excited to watch the Santa Claus tonight, <laughs> some holiday fun. I think that for me, my loneliness came from not being happy and, and just the type of person I am. If you know me, you know that I like to do things my own way. And it's funny because I got this um, little plaque that I have on my desk right now and I want to read it. It's from Society6, which is one of my favorite stores. Okay. So it says, once upon a time, there was a girl that said, fuck this shit and did things her own way. And she lived happily ever after the end. And I saw that on Society6 and I was like, that's me. I'm just very much somebody who needs full control of my life. And, you know, I don't mind sharing that with the right partner, but I want to control my life. It's my life and I will do as I please. Yes, that can be a little intense at times, but again, it's my life. So the loneliness really comes from me. So I have control for it to power, you know, take power over me or not. And in those moments where I am lonely, I'll call a friend. I'll watch a comfort show like Sex in the City. Not and just like that. That is not my comfort show. I can already tell. Um, Ryan and I have a lot of thoughts on that, but we can yeah. we can talk about that when the series is over. Um, but yeah, watching a comfort show, ordering and takeout, which I love because I'm a huge foodie and just like, you know, chilling out on the couch. Yeah. Typically, like I love to just chill out on the couch and there, like, there was like a couple months where I was like, oh my God, I need to slow down and just chill out on the couch. And then life was like, okay, we're going to force you to do this. And now I'm like, yeah. no, I don't want this. I want to be busy and doing things. And this seems to happen during the holidays for me a lot where I just want to be like Hallmark movie out there, like chopping down trees and not caroling. I don't want to carol, but like just all of the, you know, stereotypical <laughs> holiday shit. Yes. Like I'm supposed to, I was supposed to go to New York city on Sunday and, you know, made the choice to stay home, even though I could go still just to save money and try to meet some of my other goals. But I mean, every year I feel like I have this idea of what I want the holidays to look like and they don't really turn out that way. And so it gets hard for me to just say like, okay, I have to be okay with this. And, you know, living in a snowy environment, like 
it, it gets a little easier when there is it is snowing out because I'm fine cozying up on the couch and whatnot yeah. but right now we're not there yet and I'm like want to take advantage of being out and about um you know and I think for Lauren and I, our experiences are very different because I have been single for such a long time that I'm over it and I'm ready to, you know, get out there and add something to my life. But our experiences are the same when it comes to the fact that neither of us are willing to settle for somebody that doesn't fit into our life, like the exact right puzzle piece. And I think that can make it hard to find the right person because we are fully independent we don't need anybody. We're just looking for somebody to compliment what's already there. Yeah. And, you know, if you are single, like, you know, hopefully what we say resonates with you a little bit. And if you're in a relationship too, I mean, we'll get into it in, in a few minutes, but, you know, it doesn't mean that you're not lonely. <laughs> like I just said, I was lonely in my relationship and it really didn't have to do with him and like our connection. It was never about our connection. It was circumstantial and situational. And, you know, that happens too. Um, so, you know, if you're feeling lonely this you know, season, it's normal, completely normal, yeah. especially if you're not able to travel home for the holidays and, you know, you're going to feel it more. I mean, that's just a given, but, you know, try to make your own you know, comfort, um, in your home and, you know, cozy up and just like figure out what are the things that you enjoy and, you know, what you can do for the night, um, that you have to stay home, even if you don't want to, but we wanted to go over some of the Instagram poll that we did the other day on loneliness. So Ryan, you want to go for it? Yeah. So we asked our followers and if you are not one of them, you should definitely be one because then you can ask us questions and kind of engage a little bit more with us and hear your stuff on the podcast. Um, but we asked our followers, how many of them are feeling lonely right now? And it was 50, 50, 50 said yes, 50 said no. And we also asked how many are feeling extra lonely because it's the holidays and we got the same answer as 50, 50. So, Crazy. I mean, that's good to hear. Yeah. We're glad that not everyone is feeling it this year. That makes us happy a lot of people suffer from, you know, the holiday blues, the winter blues, things along those lines. So we're glad to hear that, you know, only half of you are struggling. I know, right. (laughs) Me too. I think I I voted lonely, even though I don't know that I I'm feeling lonely right now. I just voted lonely. (laughs) Okay. So now we have to redo our data because Lauren skewed it. (laughs) No, it was an accident. No, I think that day I was feeling lonely though. Funny enough. I was feeling lonely that day. I don't think I voted. I can't remember. Oh my God. I I try not to vote on our own polls. I feel like it's cheating. No, you're part of it. Hello. We need your data. Um, Um, Then Lauren asked on the polls, like if you are single and feeling lonely, what do you do to try to manage that? And one person just said, try and enjoy their alone time in general, which I think is great because if any of you have seen my favorite movie, how to be single is uh, all yes. about how to enjoy the moments where you are Love alone it. because eventually you will not be, and that won't ever go back to the way it was. So mm-hmm. enjoying those times when it's just you. So preach to that uh, listener who said that. And the other person said, um, spending time crying, self-care and meditation, playing with dog and connecting with loved ones. And yes, I will say that part of my self-care has been allowing myself to cry when I need to. Yes. So healthy. It helps because then you kind of get it out and you're like, all right, ready to move on now. Exactly. And then Lauren, did we you also want to read that one. Yeah. And then we also asked people who are, you know, in a relationship what they do when they're lonely. And we got try new activities with a partner, 
or even by myself to get out of the rut, um, which is important, you know, again, like when you are living with a partner, especially, um, or just dating someone or you're married or whatever, sometimes like you lose, I mean, not sometimes, a lot of times you lose, you know, what you like to do and your interests, they kind of get lost. You know, sometimes there's a lot of compromising on one end and that's kind of what I've never lived with a partner. I will say that, but like just dating and, you know, being in relationships, like I felt like when I was losing myself is when I became lonely, when I was, you know, over-compromising and, you know, not trading off, you know, activities or restaurants or whatever it may be was when I started to just get like this blank stare of like, who am I? And I would just like, you know, go internally and question like, what am I doing? Who am I? And really like that also comes from a lack of communication because you need to communicate, you know, if you're in a relationship and you're feeling lonely, like I'm feeling lonely, Um, you know, this is what I want to do. Let's compromise, you know, let's try this new activity. You can pick one this week, I'll pick one next week. Um, And that's something that I think, you know, can benefit you if you're in a relationship and you're feeling lonely. Yeah. And definitely I'll say too, just from my friends, friends perspectives that are in relationships, long-term relationships, try to build your friend group outside of your partner. I think for a lot of people, they really build a friend group with their partner or around their partner and having separate friend groups is so, so, so important because I think it's really good that if you are feeling lonely or your partner is just not into, I don't know, going to concerts or whatever it is that you really like, like you have that group of people you can say like, all right, honey, like I'm going to go out and go see a show with my friends. And like that fulfills that part of you because your, your partner can't fulfill everything for you. Like there has to be a balance across your life with different people. Absolutely. That is so important too, you know, and that's part of just, you know, more of that independent mindset. Um, you know, not everyone's like this, you know, we're, again, we're just speaking on our views. Like we are both independent women, (laughs) Even in relationships, this is kind of how we are. You know, this is our point of view. And if you don't agree or you can't understand it, that that's totally fine. But we also asked uh, some more questions from listeners, like what they had on loneliness. And I'm going to ask the first one to Ryan and see what she thinks. Okay. So is loneliness attached to insecurity or lack of connection? What do you think? Hmm. I think it can be. Um, I think that you can feel lonely at times when you're insecure because you might not be showing up as your full self and you're not getting those needs met when you are with people. Um, You know, obviously too, like if you're not having the connections in your life that are fulfilling you, like you can feel lonely. But I also think that sometimes we can have all of those things lined up perfectly and still feel lonely. And I'm not quite sure why that always happens. Um, I think it might just be because you are missing out on something or you are like, kind of like I do projecting your expectations onto something that might not be super realistic. Mm-hmm. And when they're not being met, you're kind of like, you, you feel it, you know, you feel let down. That's what a really good think? point. I, I think that I, I feel like loneliness is definitely, you know, it's an internal process. I don't know that it's exactly insecurity. Um, in my opinion, I feel like it's more of what, what are you looking for? What do you want here? You know, um, I don't know that it's, it's coming from, from that part of the heart, but it's more, I think lack of connection and and lack of connection with yourself too, because again, we can't rely on people hundred percent, even if you live with someone, even if, you know, they're your best friend and they're always there for you. 
Um, so it could be lack of connection with yourself. Um, but I think it's okay to be lonely sometimes and it's healthy to be lonely. I think that if you never are, I'd question that and be like, what does that mean? <laughs> like what's going on? Um, and loneliness is okay. I think that if you're feeling extra lonely and it's, you know, causing you to feel depressed, that's, that's different. Um, and that would be, you know, important to go, you know, to a doctor or find a therapist and get extra help. And those feelings are more of, you know, sleeping all the time, extra fatigue, just have, you know, isolating, no ability to want to do anything. Um, everything sounds not great to you. So stuff like that. Yeah. All right. Our next question is about social media. When we share the same themes of struggles, why are people committed to appearing like they have everything together on social media? It's a good question. I think it's been asked, you know, quite a bit in society. People just have to portray an image. Um, funny enough, you know, I, I run a women's group and it's got a lot of members. <laughs> Even I get certain things like from different people um, who, you know, comment in the group and they're like, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I'm feeling X, Y, Z. And, and it's amazing, like how many people actually respond positively. I think more people want people to talk about their struggles, but I think there's also this element of society that is, you know, based on perfectionism and I have it all together. So why don't you also, I think there's a lot of hate and trolls from people who do talk about, you know, their struggle, let's say someone's struggling with anxiety, you know, a lot of times these people, especially people with big platforms, um, you know, they'll get these messages like, what, what do you have to be anxious about? Look at your life. Or why are you depressed? Like you have so much money. And it's like, it's not so much about that. Um, I think that like for us common folk with not a big following, I don't really know why we do that. I don't really do that. I think that when I'm struggling, I keep it to myself. I'm more private when it comes to, you know, that. And I'll talk to my friends about how I'm feeling. But I'd like to hear your thoughts. You know, I think it's hard because there's, you know, we look at other people's lives and we make up these storylines about them, right? But at the same time, like for some people, Instagram is a place for them to share positive memories that they're experiencing. And, you know, maybe it's how often they're posting those things that make us feel like, oh, wow, she's always traveling and look how hot her boyfriend is and blah, 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 blah. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we forget that who knows, this could be tons of photos from one trip that happened like last year or whatever it is. And so I think there's a balance of understanding that people do observe to have a platform to share the positive things that make them happy. Maybe that's the, how they are coping with things that are going wrong is to use this as kind of like a memory box. Otherwise, I also think that, you know, people are private. They don't want to have to show up on social media and tell everyone what's going on, you know, and post a photo crying or whatever it is. But then there's also the other side of that where there are people that do feel like they need to uphold a certain image and, you know, that's kind of for them to work through. I think for us, it needs to be about setting boundaries with ourselves. If this is bothering us, if this is something that's causing us insecurity and we want to connect with more people that are going through similar struggles, there's a lot of people on social media now that are showing up more authentically from day to day, you know, influencers talking about their, you know, body, um, 
body positivity or struggling with body positivity or anxiety or whatever across the board. Yeah, that's a really good point too. And also like for my Instagram, like my personal Instagram is private. I do that on purpose. So, you know, my clients can't find me and I don't want to post photos of me being really sad. Um, I post a lot of selfies because it's my personal page and it's what I want to do. So I think that for a lot of people too, it's, it's like you said, Ryan, like that's their choice. They want, you know, maybe Instagram for them is where they post positive things. And it's not that they're not struggling. Everyone struggles. Everyone has bad days. Everyone goes through something. It's not even a, well, they don't No, they do everybody. (laughs) We've all been there. And I think that for some people, you know, another thing too, is that like when they do post that they get again with the troll comments, like attention seeking, you can't win in this society of, you know, social media, you know, if, if damned, if you do damned, if you don't mentality. So I think that for some people, it really just depends on if they're upholding their image, if they're more private, or if, you know, they just want to share positive messages and photos and stuff like that. Okay. Last question we have this listener said she's extroverted, but can't connect with others. What to do? It's a broad question. So it is. And I think we're going to be each taking this with the lens of what we think she's she or he or them are meaning because there's not more detail to it. But I will say that for some very extroverted people, some people get intimidated by that, or they feel like there's a lot of energy coming from this person and it's, they don't know how to handle it. So sometimes it's just really about finding the group of people that are going to match that energy, or you're going to connect best with and exploring that. And sometimes it's kind of sitting down and looking at yourself and saying, okay, I love who I am, but is there anything going on when I do try to connect to people that might be coming across as, you know, a little off-putting and how can I soften that until they get to know me or how can I find people that are okay with that? That's a good answer. I don't have anything to add. I think Brian said it all. So we're going to move on. Um, (laughs) So we also asked um, how listeners cope this past year. So here are some of the answers that we received. Um, one person said joining clubhouse, which we did at one point, (laughs) I used to go on clubhouse and then I kind of like fell off, but, uh, joining clubhouse and talking with people online. Yeah. I mean, that's really important. Um, just connection, connection looks so different for everybody. And I always used to joke with my students when I was working at my other job, like, I just play video games all day, but like, they're also talking to people on their, um, platform. So it's like, you're also socializing. So there's many ways to socialize. Um, that could be commenting on like a Facebook group, like a regular common commentator. Who's, you know, always looking at people's posts and providing feedback. Like that's definitely a helpful thing. Some others were hiking music, watching a comfort show, spirituality and self-improvement. Someone put Huga, which I am so into Uh, a couple years ago, I read a book on it. Do you know what it is, Ryan? Yeah. The art of being cozy. Yes. Yes. So it's, uh, the coziness and comfort lifestyle in like Denmark, Norway area. So it's like blankets and candles Candles. and no technology, just like company, like wine or tea, like just, you know, beautiful, beautiful stuff like that. Yeah. And that's how I have my bedroom. In fact, I have no technology in my bedroom minus my phone for an alarm. I have twinkle lights and blankets and plants. And I try to kind of keep my room that way for, for mental health reasons. So comforting. 
And then just hobbies too. Like for me, um, you know, I, I talk about it a lot. I play kickball, but literally like kickballs changed my life. So if you have an adult sports league by you, I would sign up for one. They had like volleyball, kickball, dodgeball, like a bunch of different things. Um, and any hobby that you have, you know, listening to podcasts, you know, hopefully you're listening to ours and, you know, um, we're providing you some comfort or knowledge or fun, fun opinions. I don't know. <laughs> we're fun. <laughs> we're fun. Uh, yeah. I just joined uh, an adult dance class. Um, so that's been my new hobby that I'm doing and hoping to connect with the women in my class. I just had one class so far, so, but so they were all fun. very friendly and nice so far, which is really great. That's great. That's amazing. And then we have one final list from someone that I know. She went into detail and told, she let me know that um, I could share this information. I'll start with the first and then you can go into the second, Ryan. Okay. Okay. So this listener and friend has depression and autism and she copes with her loneliness by focusing on personal development and continuing to learn, showing love to people in the way they taught her, um, what matters to them, like love languages. She said that hers are quality time and physical touch and letting people know they matter and normalizing mental health. So people in her circle will know they're not alone. Um, not alone as she feels it's definitely an effort to build community and attain a sense of belonging. I, th- I found that to be very profound and beautiful. Um, and glad that she brought this, uh, to my attention when she shared this. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think hearing her perspective is really great because for so many people with autism, I mean, there's varying degrees of how difficult socialization is for them or how much Mm -hmm. they desire or don't desire it. So it's really great to hear from somebody who's saying, you know, that they are battling with some of the loneliness because of, you know, their autism and depression. Um, They also say depression is pretty complicated, but since Um, she's sensory seeking and enjoys affection. She does some practical things like sleeping with a weighted blanket because it feels grounding, um, wearing things people give her and mentally it it very much feels like they're with her in everyday life, wearing her boyfriend's, um, wearing something her boyfriend or friends give her actually does make her feel less lonely, which I think is, those are both really great, um, coping tips, honestly. Like I try to yes. do stuff like that too. I have some like other cozy items that family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When she stays the night with her boyfriend or family or friends, she asks them for a hug. Good morning and a hug. Good night. I love that. That's so beautiful. I'm, I'm also a hugger and I like physical touch. And then she says, when I am with someone else for a few days, I need a hug when returning home from errands. If I experience overload or did anything that engaged with banks, school, healthcare, auto shops, that's super interesting. Um, also if I experienced an autism meltdown, I simply need a hot shower, a movie, comfort food, and either get under her weighted blanket or affection through long hugs or platonic cuddles or nap with her boyfriend. That's really amazing. Um, I'm really glad she, you know, explained some of that too, because like you said, autism is, it's, it really is a spectrum because different people who have that diagnosis, you know, they all react differently. Same goes for people uh, with depression, anxiety, touching. Some people like to be touched. Others don't like to be touched. I also have a weighted blanket too. And I feel like that does help um, with loneliness because it has that, you know, that pressure of feeling like, you know, someone's hugging you or on top of you. And sometimes you need that. 
on top of you. Um, sorry. I just meant a 12 year old 12. Ryan has a 12 year old boy brain sometimes, but no, you got it. You, you got exactly what I was putting down. So yes. But that actually really (laughs) makes me think about like loneliness and maybe why some of us feel lonely. And it could really be just the lack of physical touch. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big physical touch person with most people. If I'm in a relationship, I require a lot of physical touch, hugs, hand-holding, snuggles. But with my friends, ask Lauren, I don't, I don't really hug my friends. Um, I will if I need it, or if they want me to hug them, but for the most part, I don't usually do. And so I think when I do get lonely, it's because it's been a very long time since I've had a physical connection with somebody like a hug or a snuggle. And so, you know, that kind of triggered that for me, um, her sharing her story that, wow. Yeah. I I can see, I can see why that is a a connection and some good coping skills. So now I need to go buy a weighted blanket. I think. Yes. They're, they're really great. Um, thank you so much to that listener for providing so much insight. Also the pandemic, you know, we weren't able to, to hug people for so long and human connection is really important. So I think that that was definitely, you know, at least at the start of this year, something that was still really hard for, you know, many of us just not being able to touch somebody or hug somebody that you love. So with that being said, we, we had a lot to say, you know, we're really excited about the new year and we'd love to know your goals for this upcoming year. So send us a DM on our Instagram. I I feel a little less lonely today, just talking about loneliness. Sometimes that's all you need is to just talk it out. Agreed. Completely agreed. Um, Thank you guys for listening this entire year. We are so thankful for our support and um, you continuing to share us and listen to us. And hopefully you guys can get on Instagram with us and engage with us. We respond to everyone as long as you are being kind. Obviously, if you're being a jerk, we're not going to say anything back to you. but that doesn't really happen to us so far. So yes, please, please reach out. We would love to get to know you and yeah, hear what you think. We hope you have a great holiday and great new year. See you in 2022. Yes. And look out for the new rebrand coming to you in a couple weeks. Take care, everyone. Happy holidays and happy new year. We'll see you soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And if you feel called to rate and review and share with the people in your life you think would like us too. For more info on this episode, check out the show notes. And as always, you can find us on Instagram at dopeshttherapypod and via email at dopeshttherapypod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and check back soon for more episodes.